Welcome to Hashtag Real Estate. Last week, Ricardo Teixeira, Chief Operating Officer at BDO Wealth Advisors, shared his sentiments on the importance of knowing when to sell or hold your investment property. This week, we visit the sectional title scheme properties and whether there's still a gold mine for investors to tap into. Hello, I'm Tobo Homafori of TM Group. My name is Sumei Zaki. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag Real Estate. And first of all, I'd like to congratulate Toboho on his um, win at the, I think this is the South African Institute of Black Property Practitioners. Congratulations, Toboho. What was this all about? Um, no, this was the most innovative youth-led uh, business award. I am youth after I all. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I don't know how that uh, washes down, but anyway. Yeah, no, I am youth um, award. I mean, the awards are meant um, to, to recognize game changers, uh, change makers and transformation people within the property space uh, as a whole looking at property practitioners like myself and many others that are at home that are making a difference in this space all right very big congratulations to you no thanks right now when it comes to sectional title properties they seem to be the popular kid around the investment block they are one of the fastest growing sectors in the property industry and under the right circumstances can be excellent investments. However, as popular as sectional title ownership may be, it remains highly in misunderstood when it comes to ownership responsibilities, legalities, and we're going to take a look at some of those challenges. When looking at the housing markets in South Africa, it is reported that sectional title properties have consistently outperformed their full title counterparts since 2001. But recent reports have shown that in the second quarter of 2018, more than 32,000 freehold properties and more than 14,000 sectional units were sold nationwide, showing a 45% jump in the number of sectional title units sold, but a 49% increase for freehold properties. Though sectional title properties have shown a slight underperformance, some investors still find them to be a goldmine investment. But what should they consider before making a purchase? Sectional title means that you're sharing walls. So in other words, um, you've got one wall between yourself and a neighbor, um, and often people above and below you. Um, some of the downsides can be the noises, obviously, that you hear, especially if you're used to living in a house. Suddenly you've got people living up uh, above you, chairs scrape back, you can, I mean, you can hear those kinds of things. But that sectional title, is, uh, the fact of the matter is it's still in demand because of the security and the amenities. The building that we are in now, for example, has restaurant, meeting rooms, gym, health spa. It has virtually everything, so you don't need to leave for those things. And it's also a lot easier to secure. You can imagine, let's say again, 104 units in this building on a site of maybe 5,000 squares. It's much easier to secure perimeter and to control the access than it is for 104 houses in a housing complex. We've got long stretches of wall, electric fencing and whatnot, but that's not monitored like this is. When it comes time to investing in sectional title, it's actually, in my view, it's safer than full title because it's easier to establish the value. Because you can basically, with regards to your due diligence, you can go and check and see what the units are selling at, and that'll give you an indication. With um, 
normal full title property, you can't actually get those numbers anywhere because we use an information system called Lightstone and uh, that basically allows us to check and see what sales are happening. We can, we can follow the trends. But with houses, it doesn't differentiate between the square meterage under roof and the square meterage of the stand. It just gives you the square meterage of the stand. So there's a bit of a gray area. Those properties are a little harder to value. Despite the challenging economic conditions, there have been countless opportunities for investors to not only purchase property in favorable locations, but also at affordable prices. I think we've been in a recession for about three years, actually. I don't think that that's something new. Um, with regards to sectional title, it's still, it's still a good, at 100% it's a good investment, but with property you have to look at it over a period of 10 to 20 years. You can't look at property over a period of one year. So the simple fact of the matter is those values, although they may, be, they may have dipped a little bit because of the recession, um, those values will climb again. It's never going to be cheaper, like for example, the unit that we're in now. It's not going to be cheaper in five years' time to build the same unit. So those prices are always going to go up. Sometimes you might have sort of a year or two of no growth. I mean, at the moment they're talking about um, sort of growth of one and a half percent per annum, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't look at it. That's too small a, a snapshot to look at with regards to property. The difficulty you've got is that, you know, if, if some, if, let's say for example the building needs to be painted, everyone has to contribute and they contribute according to their PQ. So a building like this to be painted might cost 3 million rand for argument's sake. So then they have to spot, uh, pass a special levy and then everyone has to pay their portion because you can imagine you've got to put scaffolding or the guys do it with abseiling from the top. It's a, it's a difficult job. All right, we'll be back uh, after the break to chat to Marina Constance, director at BBM Law, as well as Willem Kumalo, who is a sectional title specialist at Pam Golding Properties. Stay with us. Hello and welcome back to Hashtag Real Estate. In studio with us is Marina Constance. She is director at BBM Law and uh, Willem Kumalo, who is a sectional title specialist at Pam Golding Properties. Welcome to the both of you. Um, I want to start off by looking, as all we always do on this show, from um, the perspective of someone who's trying to get into the property market, why we would say to them, um, as a first-time investor, sectional title as opposed to freehold is the way to go. Sectional title is a really exciting industry and I think it's, it's, its growth trajectory has been amazing over the last few years. So you've got about 250,000 community schemes across the country, 50,000 sectional title units and the sectional title units are governed by the Sectional Titles Act. So there is good regulation over it as well as the community scheme ombud um, and sectional title the rules in complexes so you can be sure that if you've got a really robust set of trustees who are running the building and if you can get involved in the running of your own building um, then you're pretty safe from an investment point of view as long as you do your homework mm. and that homework is what often um, causes the problems what are some of the things that one needs to be watching out for uh, so I think Things that people need to be careful about are, well, know the area for one. So what that means is know what sort of developments are in there, uh, know what sort of returns you can expect if you're buying for investment purposes, um, and then things like the levies. Uh, so levies account for the upkeep of the complex in general, the sectional title scheme in general. So getting that sort of information, especially if you have an agent involved, get that agent to give you things like the conduct rules and uh, management rules and levies and see what all of that entails 
um, and then just do your maths and see what works for you. And if you're ultimately happy with that and the area, then you should be good to go. But this is a big problem, sorry, um, because people tend not to do this um, background um, research. They get there, they look at the complex, um, it looks good um, you know, on face value, they walk into the actual unit, um, and then Bob's your uncle, they go for it and they sign on the, on the dotted line. Mm. But later on they find um, you know, maybe there's a special levy that's coming mm. um, um, due, which you know, in terms of any affects your, your investments, right? Yes. Well, you have every right as an owner to have a look a little bit deeper into that scheme. And although it's a bit more of a hassle to do that, it's really highly advisable. So you could ask the seller, for example, to obtain from the managing agent um, the financials of the scheme. You can go as far as that. The rules, as Willem said, you need to have a look at the rules to see the ethos of the scheme. Uh, what about arrears in the building? I have a right as a, as a prospective owner to see are these guys keeping an eye on people who are in arrears with their levies? Do we owe money to the, do they owe money to the municipality? You know, sometimes people will walk into a building where there's this huge law case pending that they didn't know about. Um, how much money is being spent on maintenance? Uh, does the building have a, a written 10-year maintenance, repair and replacement plan? all in terms of the new legislation that's just come in. Mm. What's the reserve fund? Mm. How much money is there? Those are things that you, you don't want to get bitten later and have to take money out of your pocket rather than enjoy returns. Mm. So now purchasing a sectional title, does that automatically mean you belong to a body corporate? Yes, you've got no choice. It's automatic, you become an owner, um, and as an owner, registered in, if it's registered in your name, you are automatically a member of the body corporate. So mm. a body corporate means every owner. The body corporate is made up of every owner in the scheme. Hmm. So now tell me, so these are the complications as far as sectional title is concerned, they're now coming to freehold? Well, freehold is a different thing in a, if it's just a normal ho home, then obviously you're not uh, bothered by anything. But if you're a freehold in a homeowners association, so these big golf estates, for example, where you've got large properties that are freehold, but they're covered by um, a homeowners association in the title More like deed. A cluster. That's cluster. We okay. know it as cluster. Mm -hmm. In Durban, they call them subs, for example. So they're known by different names. Mm -hmm. But they should be governed by a homeowners association with a memorandum of incorporation. Mm -hmm. And that's governed by the company's office. But you can make your own rules again on pets, on um, levies, on the fact that you can't sell without a clearance certificate, all of that. Okay. We've got an investor that is watching um, the show that wants to um, buy a property or has bought a property. It's a big stand and they want to subdivide the stand yes. into a sectional title. What's their next step? Yes. Well, they would have to get um, a land surveyor in to look at the subdivision. And I mean, subdivisions take quite a, a long time at the moment. I think it's up to two years. Mm -hmm. um, and then they can subdivide the land and, 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 and continue with that. And many people do if it's just one piece of land land that's one way you you don't you know you, you don't have to subdivide it you could also build one unit and create a section or title scheme so it just depends which way they have to liaise with which the one is easier so. between the two i think probably um creating a sectional title scheme is mm. quicker okay as a sectional title expert uh, what makes more money or from an investor point of view uh, between um you know a freehold and a sectional title 
uh, what because obviously we see we've seen a rise on the sectional yeah. title these days but right now i mean a rumor says that for an investor point of view you make more money buying a sectional title but from a settlement point of view mm -hmm. you're better off settling in a freestanding yeah so uh the advantage with sectional title um especially if we're talking about the first time investors and that sort of thing your entry level is achievable a lot of the time for most uh, keen investors um, and then in terms of your return it's twofold so firstly your rental return depending on the area is generally quite good for your sectional title and uh, it serves a bracket where you have these young professionals that are paying rentals of call it between five and about twelve and that's generally a good bracket for repayment and they're, they're normally quite good about paying their rent so you have a secure investment in that. Uh, and then as a percentage of the actual purchase price, I think you're looking on average around the 11% mark gross return. Um, and then, so that's the first part. The second part that you're looking at, especially in the area that I deal with, which is the Danefern area, you have a lot of new developments that have come up there. So capital growth is a, is a, is a big factor as well. Because you have some people that are buying literally to hold on to the property for about three years, which normally we'd advise against, but then in the case of if you're buying off plan, if you sell three years later, more often than not in that specific area, you actually come away with a decent amount of money and you've had a tenant in place. So yeah, I think uh, sectional title is definitely the way to go. There's more opportunities, more developments coming up for sectional title um, and the entry level is quite good and uh, you're getting a tenant and the rental's also very mm. easy and, and quite good. So I'm curious though as to why Mr. Kumala advises against. Why I advise against? Yeah, you said you usually advise again from the holding point of view. On that oh, okay, no, what, what I mean by that is I, we normally advise against if someone wants to buy a property, it's not a short-term investment. So that's what I mean is that you're not buying a property to hold on to it for two years and hope that you're gonna make so much more money on it. You know, property is a long, medium term at the worst case investment. So we say if you wanna see, especially in terms of capital gains and, and, and that sort of uh, return, you want to hold that property for a minimum of about five to seven years to, to really see any kind of uh, improvement in, in that price, depending on you know your economic and political stability mm -hmm. and a bunch of other factors. But then it's not something that can be looked at as, I'll just buy now and then two years later I'll sell and I'll make tons of money. It's unfortunately not how it works. We'll be back more after the break. Welcome back to Hashtag Real Estate. And if you've just joined us, we are with Marina Constas, Director at BBM Law and Willem Kumalo, Sectional Title Specialist at Pam Golding Properties. Mm. We've been having an exciting discussion around some of the differences between owning a sectional title and a freehold um, title and you as um, the consumer or the investor having the right to actually check um, and do a research around um, a property that you want to invest in on. and some of the schemes I think for me stood out for me that are actually involved in this sectional title and Mr. Kumalo made a very valid point um, about sustainability of the two between a sectional title and a freehold. Then if I can ask Marina, what are some of um, the trends though in the um, sectional or the property industry? Well I can point out one trend is sectional title in the retirement arena. So traditionally 
uh, if you are over a certain age, you would be able to go and buy a life rights unit in a complex. That was really popular at one stage. So you would have the right to live there for your life, but you're not actually buying the property per se. And then when you do die, within your estate, you get back only a percentage of the value of your unit. So developers have seen the gap and you are, you are really um, noticing many, many sectional title developments that will fall under the Retired Persons Control Act. So in other words, it's really good if your child, for example, wants to help you buy uh, uh, something in an estate like this, a sectional title unit, because then that, uh, that unit will go up and it will be market related value and the thing is that there are always people retiring and there's a definite a need for retirement villages we're facing waiting lists in retirement villages so that's the, the the developers there have seen the gaps and particularly selling off plan because then you gain your value very quickly um, if you're selling an off plan sectional title retirement unit but then of course you've got to be cautioned that um, there are all sorts of things to look at as mm. an older person and to be careful of when you're buying into that kind of scheme. Mm. So would this be an older person buying um, this unit or someone younger as an, in, uh, an investment? Um, well, you know, somebody younger could buy that unit as an investment and rent it out because sometimes uh, an older person might not be able to afford uh, a unit. So it is definitely a market where we're seeing younger people, but generally the kids of the older of the people, old people buying into sectional title because they know they'll get, they'll get their money back, whereas mm. life rights, you won't. Mm. Mm. Any trends you'll you're, you're see? Um, well, uh, what I would say that I'm seeing the most of is people trying to get into new developments. Mm. So that four-ways north area that I, that I deal in, the Danefern, uh, that sort of northern area, there's a lot of new developments coming up. Um, and what you get there is people looking to avoid certain costs that are associated normally with buying something off of a private seller as opposed to when you buy uh, from a development. So then people tend to like that and also just because it's new so younger investors like newer things with the newer finishes and mm. um, updated complexes and all of that so they're, they're looking at it from a entry level point that it's a lower entry level and then there's less of the not not hidden costs but uh, some of the background costs that you'd normally incur if you buy from a so so, so William, let me let me pose this question so we've mentioned entry point mm -hmm. um, which is what an investor would um, be considering obviously when getting into into this and building a portfolio you've mentioned um new developments as a, yeah. an, a trend that you've noticed yeah. why would i not then say let me go into the older um you uh, complexes that are there because one they would be cheaper am i right than the than a new development so when one is looking at an entry point um argument yeah. is that not something that you you need need to weigh as opposed to i go for a you know 1.2 million um, uh, property sectional title in Danefin or something that co costs half a, half a million yeah. um, elsewhere in, in, in Randburg. And that's what bigger in size as and well. And that's bigger in size. Yeah. Would I not have to weigh that up? What, what does what yeah, do you, you You definitely can weigh that up and then what it comes down to is the, the pros and cons of each and both have those. So for instance with uh, let's say a Randburg area, a cheaper, older, bigger uh, unit what you get there is a case of where maybe you have to update that unit. You have to retail or you know r rip out the carpets, change that kitchen. But then you're also within an area that traditionally achieves 
less of a rental than you would say in Danefern. So you're going to see that back where your your customer or your, your tenants are demanding or looking for more updated units, but then the rental amount is at a certain level. So then it becomes a difficult point to reconcile a lot of the time. Whereas with the Danefern area, yes, uh, it will be pricier, but then it already comes lock, stock and barrel with all of that. It's already new. Um, it, it attracts a certain clientele as well with a, a higher rate of, well not rate of return, but a higher rental in general. So that's what you have to weigh up. And also, which area are you more familiar with? Are you around the Danefin area or are you around the Ramberg area? Because mm -hmm. I think especially with new investors, young investors, I think it's important to understand and know your area. First prize is if you live in and around that area, it's just mm -hmm. so that you have a better grasp of what's going on around there. And I, l like you said, they they both offer something, but then mm. it's it's up to your personal choice what you yeah. think is better for you. Morning. Yeah, okay. if I can also interject there, I think with the new developments, they're sort of more dynamic and exciting for for younger people. But not only that, they also have uh, generally got prepaid meters. So the developers building new developments build with the prepaid meters in mind. And that is a very attractive option for an investor because at least you know what your tenant is using and the tenant has control over that. Whereas if you put a tenant into maybe an older building in Killarney or wherever it is, then you, you know, you've got to, um, it just gets uh, shared by participation quota in a, in a complex. Uh, so yeah, I think that is a, a quite an attractive feature. Okay. Sorry, when do I get out of um, an investment in a complex? What are the signs that say, okay, you know what, it's time to, to bail, um, to sell out of this, of this investment? Because, I mean, we've talked about the new ones. Yes. Um, you see many new complexes that over a very short period of time start to deteriorate. Mm. So as an investor, when, because often we tell them it's a, it's a, it's a long-term game, um, you know, you hold it for, I think you said initially five to seven years. But what happens if with the, within that time frame, you start seeing a deterioration. When yes. when do you say? You well, know, I think if you've if you've got um, a lethargic set of trustees who are not maintaining and repairing all the time and keeping up with their responsibilities to to um, innovate in that building, uh, if you're not seeing if you if you have a managing agent who's not. A properly qualified and has a fidelity fund certificate they have to have a fidelity fund certificate you know those are the kind of of signs where mm, you can really start worrying and unfortunately it, it really hinges on trustees in a building because they drive that building um, also they need to be proactive all the time are they putting in security measures security are they using new technology mm -hmm. if they're not and they just sort of not doing anything and not 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 um, using the money properly um, yeah then I think the signs are there mm. yeah no Marina I think the issue of, of trustees and body corporate really is um, an issue I think so we must just need to have a show around that uh, where we can discuss it more in detail but thank you um, for your time uh, Velem and Marina for coming in and sharing that good insight you've shared with us thank thanks you. for having us yeah. And that's it that we had for you today on today's episode of Hashtag Real Estate. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, we out.